to the Bare Naked ABCs, where we discuss every Bare Naked Lady song from 7 to Y. And this week, we are going to, to <laughs> go... Oh, I don't even know what I'm going to say on this one. <laughs> this is how we know this is a live show and not scripted. Yeah, Ladies and gentlemen, I... today we are visiting royalty. We are visiting <laughs> the king of Bedside Manor. <laughs> if you guys don't know where Bedside Manor is, it's right down uh, Francesca Lane, and then you take a right onto Weymouth, and it's right down there. So, ladies and gentlemen, join us on this journey to visit. Is that right next to Me- the strip club? <laughs> it is. <laughs> yes. And that would totally fit with this song too. <laughs> Stefan, maybe you should do our intros from now on. You you do a much better job yeah. at that. Right off the cuff and everything. <laughs> oh no problem ah i can do that yeah sure bring it oh, on great. guys now we have seven that was a job all right great so so all the listeners they have to vote in to see whether or not i should uh join the the podcast intro crew come on guys <laughs> we we do have to keep in mind though tracy this is for Stefan's second job his first job is keeping the train on the track Yes, that's That's true. true. That's the hard enough job as it is. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) And reminding us how how, who we where people can get a hold of us. That that's also one of his jobs, and that's that's very important too. Because someone went a whole year without telling people how to get a hold of us. So (laughs) I have no idea. So I ask. It's, it's not for the listeners out there. Uh, it's for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, tonight we're going to discuss King of Bedside Manor. If you haven't heard this song before, here is a quick snippet. You know he's not the kind of man who likes to see the world around him crumble to a ball around his feet. But he's always ready, he's always set, he's always well prepared He's the most peculiar man you can be You know he's not the king of bedside men He's not the Tom Jones of his next door He's not the king of bedside men Nope, not anymore! <laughs> <coughs> and joining us this week, we don't have Aaron, we don't have Jeff But we do have Stefan, as you know, and... Thankfully, we have Eric joining us again. Last minute even. Thank you so much for doing that for us. Hello, it's you're not... welcome. Thanks for having me. So Actually, what that means, listeners, to is tonight's going to be a great show. <laughs> it really is. I mean, it really is. We're not There's at least one guy who has no idea what he's talking about. Exactly. <laughs> we're not talking about the notes or what's in G minor or G string well, minor I... or whatever. It doesn't matter. Well, We're going to talk do about have, the nitty gritty of the song. I do have Aaron's notes, so Tracy, um, are you making a liar out of Stefan here? No, oh yeah. My God. <laughs> I'll just cut that out. So, it, well, now I can't. Now that I've referenced the fact that I was going to cut it out, but well, you can you can cut the reference to the cutting out. I suppose I could do that, but then it wouldn't be as much fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. If Aaron has to stick his big nose into this thing, I suppose we can bring him in. Okay, okay. No, I'm the one with the big nose on the podcast. I mean, 
<laughs> yes, please don't show us your profile. <laughs> Almost yeah. knocked the camera over on that one. <laughs> I know you give Steve Martin a run. I do. I do. So this song was written by Robertson and Page early on stuff. Matter of fact, it goes all the way back to their very first demo cassette. Um, and so one of the versions was actually on Buck Naked, their very first cassette that they put out. It's a very, very slow version of this song and feels like it goes on forever because of it. Um, and what year it, was that? That was 1988. 19- now, I what? wish they... There was one component of that song that I wish they had kept in there. I'm going to paste it in right here. Excuse me. Haven't we met somewhere before? We have Ed in a very slowed down voice going, Excuse me. Have I seen you somewhere before? <laughs> and then the song kicks in I wish they had kept that in there it really is that once again that uh, it's that philandering line that they use later in the song but just him doing it in that deep voice was hilarious oh I was just going to say the, the, the way that your voice was uh, doing that line it reminded me a lot of I think it's the uh, intro to Mr. Blue Sky Electric Light Orchestra yeah. yep Huh. Yellow, very huh? reminiscent of that sound. I will be honest; I did not listen to the Buck Naked version today, so I don't have it fresh in my memory. No, I've I listened to all the different versions this week, and man, there are a lot of them. <clears throat> it was also on the Live from Toronto album. It was on the Gordon album, of course. Then there's, of course, the blue the Bathroom Sessions version with with both Stephen and Ed just doing it together, which was Hi, wonderful. Aaron. <laughs> and I think one of the great things that they do in the song is when they're doing it live, uh, which they also did on the, the Ships and Dips tour and also several times, like this is one of their popular ones they like to do live. They would play, they would stop halfway through and play Moondance by Cat Stevens and then continue on with the song. Or is it Van Morrison? Sorry, Van Morrison, yes. Now, just in case it was not already a busy enough song. Yeah, right. (laughs) I'd imagine this is a song that they have played a lot live. They did. And it's interesting hearing them play it for the Live for Toronto one, because that's in 1991. And I would have assumed that the energy of this song came from how they recorded it. But you can hear them playing it fast, upbeat with all the whoops and, and everything in their 91 performance that they did live in Toronto. Was so, that before or after Gordon was recorded? That's an excellent question. I, I feel I like wonder. that would have been after because Gordon came out in 91, did it not? Uh, it came out in 92. Oh, it came out in 92. They could but you're have right. They recorded. Maybe, they may he could have just recorded it and liked the new way that it felt and done that because it was late ninety one that they recorded the live album. So, mm. yeah, maybe, but yeah. So the, we should mention how this song was recorded. Yes, probably on recording equipment. <laughs> <laughs> so in 
So this oh, we don't have to do it. Just to guess, guys. This is the original naked song. This was the first song that they decided that they couldn't get the feel of this song correct. Huh. And no matter what they were doing, it, it wasn't coming together the way they wanted it to. And it was either Tyler, Jim, or the mixer, uh, Michael Philip Voyevoda, depending on which story you hear, that said, you know what? What we have to do is we have to go get naked. That's going to fix this song. And for every step along the way, the person behind the recording console, even when they were doing their dubs and their extra add-ins for the song with the extra instruments, every step along the way, everyone was naked. Like literally naked in the recording yep. studio. Yep. Yes. 100% straight up entirely. Everybody involved. That can that 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 could bring some life to things, I guess. Matter of fact, uh, the original recording of this, they edited out Tyler's screams at the end of it of "I'm naked," <laughs> which honestly, I wish they had kept it. That would have so worked with this song. Man, that must have been kind of hard to play the drums, but naked. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully he wasn't on a leather seat. That's true. Hopefully he's got good aim. (laughs) (laughs) Oh Oh, man, I just thought of something nasty hitting uh, hitting the bass drum to make those noises. (laughs) Yep, yep, I went there. there There's that uh, hilarious line from Ringo at the end of Helter Skelter. I can only imagine what Tyler would have been saying if they had caught him recording after this one. That is true. That that's well. Apparently, I'm naked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I am naked. Uh, I I really like um, the drums in this song. I I thought Tyler did a great job. He is the drummer, right? Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, I thought he did a great job. Um, I just, I like listening to how he does it for lack of oh, the- better communicating words there. Oh, boy. I don't know how any of them have any breath left at the end of this song between how quick they're playing their instruments and how quick they're singing. How do they, where do they take their breaths in the middle of this song? I can't keep up with it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's, yeah, we knew you wouldn't be able to, but, um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they're professionals. They're, they're recording their first album. I, they're going to get paid for this. So they're going to have to learn how to breathe correctly when singing a song. Well, there's a couple <laughs> things that could talk about with this song um, when it comes to the music um, before we even get to the lyrics because there's a, a lot of interesting pieces to this song. I would be interested to hear what uh, Aaron said about it. Should I get? Should I give Aaron's breakdown? Break, break, break it down. It's normally where All we right. start. I, I can't do an impression of him, but I'll, I'll do my best. Thank goodness. The first thing that I noticed was the pun in the title points for that one tempo is right around 303 to 304 bpm 
which is a breakneck pace, he says. I would have to agree. He was just mentioning last week how, or a couple weeks ago with Keeping It Real, how slow that song was. And they, he mentioned, I think they have even gotten up to 200 BPM on some of their songs. <laughs> we have a new record with this one. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of the movie Whiplash when he's like really beating the life out of those drums. Have you guys seen it? It's good. Nope. Yes. <laughs> so it, Whiplash, I guess, is a very fast song and it's challenging for a drummer. And it's about a drummer just being the ever living hell out of a drum <laughs> on beat. Go ahead, Tracy. I'm going to beat you. I'm going to get back on, on to Aaron's notes. Absolutely. Go for it. So noticeably, the song does Russian drag, meaning that they did not use a metronome or click track. This, along with the instrumentation, playfulness of the tune, and recording quality, leads me to believe that the King of Bedside Manor is from Gordon. Nice hey, got call, it. sir. King of Bedside Manor is written in the key of E minor. The intro bounces along in E minor, the tonic, with the occasional stops along, short stops in B7, the fifth, to turn back around into the E minor. And when I came to analyze the song, I realized that it, <clears throat> I realized that is actually most, almost all of the song right there. Um, almost E minor and B minor or B7 with an occasional trip to an A minor. So the verses go E minor, B7, E minor, B7, etc., until the break to the chorus where we get A minor, E minor, A minor, E minor, etc., until we come to the end where we have B7. So the chords are playing with who is leading, in a sense, with E minor being the perspective of the narrator, who is, it is safe to say, an unreliable narrator, which is either describing his actions or describing how he thinks of himself, whereas the chorus with the A minor leading is more of an omniscient narrator, which describes him more as others see him, and the discrepancy between those two opposing views is where we get the comedy in the song. As well as that feeling of alternating between the verse and chorus, even though they are very close to each other musically. The form of the song is intro A, verse 1A, chorus B, verse 2A, chorus B, verse, two, verse 3A, Chorus B, outro A. Domo, then we go into Domo Arigato from Mr. Roboto. And so we have a structure of A, A, B, A, B, A, B, A. Or A, B, 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 The bathroom session version really oh, accentuates... I'm waking up here. <laughs> I fell asleep. That's so yeah, I know. boring. Come I'm on. doing my best. I'm doing my best. The bathroom sessions version really accentuates the great vocal harmonies and interaction between Steve and Ed. At one point, Steve completely loses his composure and starts laughing uncontrollably. You can see how much they're really having fun. It's, it really made me sad to know that this kind of thing doesn't happen anymore. It also has a lengthy launch into a cover of Moon Dance by Van Morrison, which is probably a song that the narrator of King of Bedside Manor either sings, tries to sing, or plays on the jukebox, prior to trying to pick up a lady. I love that idea. It's an interesting uh, take. <clears throat> uh, he goes into the lyrics next 
And so I'm going to, I'm going to take a break from reading from Aaron, which is so uh, interesting to hear someone else read someone else's words. Uh, as interesting as sawdust. Thank you. <laughs> you can, you can let Aaron know that too. I was, ve- I was very <laughs> interested in this one. It's actually surprisingly <laughs> less chaotic than I expected. I know it feels so chaotic. I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be all over the place." Yeah, nope, very, very simply said. <laughs> I think it's uh, the the beat from the drums that really kind of give a you know, um, kind of a quick kind of weird changing aspect to it. So what you're saying is you get Tyler naked, and what you end up is is, is with 303 beats per minute. <laughs> it seems like he's I, trying to rush through the song so he can put some clothes on. <laughs> there actually was something that I had just read. Tyler, Tyler's were you trying quotes. to hide something behind those drums? <laughs> where, where's his words here? Of course he was. Find his words. <clears throat> he was trying to hide his stick. His drumstick. Uh, Tyler said, I don't think we could ever play that fast. It was like we were running away from each other's nudity. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> That was great. So that could, that could give the uh, breakneck speed there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to say, I love the manicness that's in this song. Listening to the original version on Buck Naked, it was it's without that drive that Tyler is bringing, it totally doesn't sound right. And I still like it, but it does not hold a candle to the, the Gordon sped up craziness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I never heard the Buck Naked one. No, Gordon's my favorite album. So, so that's where I know it from. Interestingly <laughs> enough, it was the Gordon one that was recorded, Buck Naked. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> what? Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. I get you. Oh, I... I love that. That was, a, that was a professional level pun right there. That was that top good. notch. I get yeah. one once in a while. Oh. I, I declare you king of, of oh. the pa- puns. I don't know if I want to be this king. <laughs> So as you guys can tell, as you guys can tell, I'm a little bit slow on this and I'm slow on uptake of like movies and other songs and stuff like that. Is there a king of Bedside Manor? And who is this song about? Well, this guy is not the king of Bedside Manor. Right. Well, I wasn't able to find anyone. I dug and dug for this because I was like, oh, there's going to be someone they're referencing. And I couldn't find anywhere if they specifically are referencing someone. Uh, next time we interview Steve or Ed, I'm going to have to specifically Ed, ask them, like, okay, were you, in fact, referencing someone specific when you sang this song? I don't know if they'd ever admit to it. Um, so I, I figured they had to be. I mean, there's some really, really good specifics in this song. Um, well, and they never had throwaway lines or anything in any of their songs really but i was listening to this on my way home with my wife in the car and she was she was saying are, well, are you are you ready for the podcast what what's the song about and i said i have no idea you have to look it up and tell me <laughs> and so she, she read the lyrics and then she started reading up on tom jones wondering if it was somehow referencing tom specifically because she's like i don't really know anything about him and uh i don't know he was going through various things around 1989 which would be right after this was apparently originally recorded but same area could somehow be 
in relation to him loosely. I don't, I don't know. Well, I didn't do my own like research. I don't know, I mean, because Tom Jones is, is positive. They're like mentioning him as a positive in that in that sentence. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Anyways, uh, it's like he's <laughs> not the Tom Jones. I'm, I'm a horrible singer, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but he's not the Tom Jones that lives next door. So I'd imagine whoever they're singing about is like Tom Jones, you know? So the one that I came up with, the one that I thought of the most, and I went through, because he talks about a, a movie, an actor, a pseudo movie star, a singer, and someone that did late night TV. Yeah. Pretty specific. Could not find anyone that matched that in Canada. I, went, I was like, okay, how many Canadian people can I, because maybe it's just a Canadian we don't know. Nope. That, that ruled that out. I, I went through the, that list pretty quick. But the one that pops into my mind, and it could have been who they were referencing, is Dean Martin. He always played this, like, drunk philanthropy, uh, philanthropy, philandering, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit different, philanderer. Um, and, and, you know, he was always known as the womanizer that would say things that would get any other normal people slapped. He <laughs> was a TV actor and a movie actor, but not like a real movie actor. He was part of a duo. And and after the duo broke up, he didn't do much movies after that. He did some, but not more cameos. Mm. And then he also had his own TV show at, at night. Huh. Well, there, there's a Johnny Carson. <clears throat> did, did Johnny Carson sing or anything? No, he wasn't really a singer and he wasn't an actor. Oh. I thought of that. And he really wasn't known for philandering either. <laughs> or philandering. Tom Jones was. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, amongst the reading that my wife was doing to me, uh, she said uh, that Tom Jones had once uh, boasted about uh, sleeping with 200 women in a year or something like that. <laughs> wow. Impressive. So, possible philanderer and has one son who may, who I think is illegitimate. Who wow. actually, uh, this was the, uh, I think this was what she was saying in uh, 89, the mother was trying to say that Tom Jones was the father and DNA testing said that he was. Interesting. And he refused to accept it and refused to acknowledge it until apparently 08, I think she said when he finally acknowledged that the son is his, but still had no interest in meeting or (laughs) knowing (laughs) Wow. And the song, that song was Billie Jean. That was the song that was written about that whole situation. Yeah. (laughs) This was Wikipedia, so the most reliable of sources, obviously. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But I mean, think about the odds. If If he's sleeping with 200 women a year, and he produces one illegitimate let me say that again. One illegitimate <laughs> son out of how many years? Which That's could impressive. potentially be achieved via bareback riding. Yeah. 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 So this is, right. this is why we were wondering if maybe it is we're, just somehow about Tom Jones. Yeah, it's... It... <sighs> It's very specific, but not enough that we know who it is. But that that could, but if it is Tom Jones, like he's a very for, forgiving guy because 
he had to have known about this song. And the thing is, like, he, they, as we'll discuss later on this year, he recorded a song with Bare Naked Ladies later on in the career. Oh, did he now? He, he recorded a, on a, his uh, duos album that he did, he recorded a, a version of Little Green Bag with them. Hmm. Which I'm excited to talk about that one down the road. Huh. They're not listed in the cultural influence section of his Wikipedia, so I don't know. (laughs) Now, question for you guys. I've heard either way, but I want to know from you guys, what do you think about the whoops and ooh, ah, like all the little throwaway quick little statements that they make in the background with this song? Let me go first, Eric. Yeah. Well, I uh, I think it sets them up for a a hell of a live show because it allows them to be able to um really improvise and and have fun and be boisterous and create quite quite an event. Um, for me, from my autistic point of view, uh, whoops and hollers kind of makes me look outside to see if somebody's killing a cat or something. Um, I, I don't know exactly what's going on. Then there's like whistles and things. And I'm like, why, why is that even necessary? Uh, <laughs> so it's, for me, it's quite a chaotic song. I, I like it. Um, but out of all the songs on Gordon, I think it's one of my least favorites, uh, because of the, like, uh, the whistles and, um, very, I don't know. It's not childish, but kind of uh, immature, uh, circus-like, carnival-like kind of environment. Manicness. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah, I guess, like, if if you're saying immature, and I mean, if they first recorded this when they were approximately eighteen, is that right? Yes. <clears throat> they they weren't exactly uh, full-fledged adults well into their. Uh, <laughs> distinguished career <laughs> writing serious songs. That's true. So, I mean, those are th- the thoughts that I had. Uh, however, I love the drums on it. The bass is kicking. And um, and then they harmonize in the middle of the song. It's like, oh, that's that's dope right there. Um, and then they is that the part where the they're uh, all just saying he's not the king, he's not the king, of, and they're all overlapping yeah. each other yeah layering yeah. it's great uh, so there's a lot of great aspects within the song and then they throw in <clears throat> mr roboto i mean who doesn't like that song idiots that's who so it's just like that's just awesome so but, uh, that actually the question? <laughs> that actually brings to mind because the the Two songs that are referenced in this, well, not referenced, Moondance is not referenced, uh, but is one they go into every single time they do it live. Um, Did not do it for the album for whatever reason. Um, But I was like, okay, well, maybe they're referencing Cat Stevens. I'm like, or or Van Morrison. And I'm like, nope. (laughs) I looked them up. I looked at, there's no like major things about them and and their, in their uh, personal lives online. Um, 
but the one that I didn't look up and as I'm talking about now, I'm like, actually, that would make a lot of sense would be sticks like any of the sticks band members. I'm wondering if any of them, because why would you just randomly throw that into the middle of this song? And they were doing it prior to, to well, maybe not prior to recording Gordon, because we don't know when that live performance was done, but we know early on that they were doing that and they always keep it in. Hmm. We need, we need Allie. <laughs> <laughs> the, the pop culture anthropologist on Ali, you need to send us your information about sticks and could this be about any of the members of sticks i highly doubt dennis de young but any of the other ones i i would i could see it i will give it a give a hint and uh say that today i learned uh tom jones is not part of sticks i double checked that <laughs> he's not he's not uh affiliated with them in any way shape or form that i, I could tell <laughs> <laughs> It's, it wouldn't be unusual for that to happen, though. <laughs> I just, uh, I'm just reading over the lyrics, and I, I, it's got my curiosity peaked. Who is this king of bedside manner? <laughs> I want to know this person, not because I want to hang out with him, but I just want to know who this person is. Interesting. First thing that comes to royalty. mind is like a doctor or something, but you know, doctors ha- are supposed to have a bedside manner. Yes, but uh, but not like and that's that pun that Aaron liked. Exactly, not yes, which is a behavior, not a home. So they're referring to an M A N O R rather than M A N N E R. So, which my wife was saying uh, that today she learned that uh, it's not spelled M A N N E R for this song. Yeah. So I even uh, tried looking up whether or not there is really is a bedside manner, and uh, no results. It just sounds like a brothel. It, it does. It does. <laughs> Sounds like a brothel. Wait, all right. Someone look up and see if there's a brothel named King of Bedside. <laughs> I don't want that on my search history. <laughs> all right, Stefan, your job. <laughs> oh, I've got plenty of searches like that. <laughs> <laughs> see, that's why I knew you could do it. No problem. It'll just I've blend got the in. Chicken ranch. I've got the goat <laughs> ranch. I have the ostrich ranch. I've got every ranch you can imagine out there. Buttermilk? <laughs> Whatever your potion is, <laughs> I got it on here. <laughs> so, yeah, that would be interesting. The other thing that I kept trying to dive into, but I couldn't find out is, like, the pun King of Bedside Manor, I'm like, well, they're they're making the doctor joke here. Is it, are they referring to an actor that played a doctor somewhere along the way? And I mean, it's possible. Also, Dean Martin did play a doctor in some of his roles when he was doing, uh, doing some of his skits with Jerry Lewis. So could also, could also play in there. And he also did it on his TV show that he did. So maybe. Huh. It was really but, easy to discuss music on this one. It, it's it's frantic. Yeah, <laughs> it's busy, frantic, and fun. It's just. I think that's. I think you said a really important word there, Eric. Though, fun. Like I have always thought of this song as a really, really fun song when I'm listening to it. Yeah, you can tell that they're having a blast doing it too. Yeah, it it comes through. And any of their live versions of this that you that have been captured, they are all smiling and laughing and jo- you know just enjoying each other's company on stage while they're doing this song. 
as mentioned before, I was approximately 10 or 11 when I first really started listening to them when Stunt came out. And I quickly got Gordon shortly thereafter. And this song has just always been one of my favorite, just fun songs. As a kid that age, I always gathered, <laughs> there's something not quite kosher about this song, but <clears throat> didn't have the oh. <laughs> knowledge to point out what was weird about it. I was going to say, was it the lighting crop that gave it away? Or? Uh, no, that, that understanding came later. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is, I think, one of their more risque songs. Like, they really go out there and talk about the riding crop and then bareback and they're well, I riding bareback. About, and... I, think I, <clears throat> I think I might have picked up something on that because I always thought that, like, riding crop sticking out of a haversack, that sounds dirty. <laughs> and and for my I I was a fairly well-read kid, but for some reason I had no idea what a haversack was, and so I always, I always thought it was trousers. <laughs> I was like, I don't understand what this is. I just had to Google it. <laughs> I, I didn't even know what a riding crop is. I'm like, it must be that thing that fits in a horse's mouth. Oh, you and know what I, a riding crop is. Stephen. Then I saw the picture. I'm like, oh. I yeah, see, okay. <laughs> tiny little, tiny little oh, paddle. No. This this changes the song a little bit, there, <laughs> Bucky. And why would it be coming out of his backpack? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not his backpack, but yeah, <clears throat> I think it's pretty pretty impressive that one, this man notices that, and two, has the gall to actually walk up to her and mention it, and then go with line number three. That's, is that really a come on? Like, that's, that is the worst pickup line, I think, ever. I mean, if you're at a brothel, it might not be. Hey, (laughs) something just occurred to me. Um, What if the song is about a gigolo, a male, uh, a male prostitute, you know, because, um, you know, it's a writing crop coming out of his backpack, and he's talking about the Tom Jones, and he, uh, you know, he was quite a singer, quite an actor, quite some time ago. He's washed up. Um, what else is there for him to do? You know, so except for be a gentleman caller uh, for pay, <laughs> you know. <Star. laughs> Well, more of a gigolo. He was a pseudo-movie actor. Yeah, he's, yeah, that was their way of saying a porno. We didn't, yeah. we didn't look that up. Maybe this is a Ron Jeremy. Oh, <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> oh my. Okay, wait. No, he was not a singer. I, no, never mind. So, so you're saying you wouldn't mind riding him bareback? He, he tried to sing on one of those celebrity TV shows. He's not, no, he's not a singer. <laughs> wow. What did yeah, you say, but, Stefan? I missed what you what he said. <laughs> no, it's not worth it. Not not worth repeating. <laughs> I'll catch it on the on the record when I'm editing. <laughs> no, nope, that's fine. All I was about to say is you got plenty of hair to hold on to while riding bareback. <laughs> that's all I got. But uh, yeah, that 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 kind of just kind of popped in my head. This this dude goes to people's places and uh this is what he does for a job maybe i will say like this guy is odd he's watching people walk up and down the avenue 
he's <laughs> he's making really bad pickup lines in the middle of stores. Are we well, fully up. onto the lyrics now, or are we oh, still yeah, dancing yeah. around? Yeah. So, so that, we, that, yeah. that one from from the house next door to his house on the lane. Are they, are they coming from that place to his? Or are they going past? Like, because <clears throat> that could indicate someone who's, I think what Aaron was saying, unreliable narrator, he, he thinks he's all this, but the the uh, other chorus part is saying, uh, you know, he's not all that he thinks he is. So if he's watching all the lovely ladies going from the house next door, uh who have come and gone from the house next door to his house. Maybe they're just passing him by and he's maybe living vicariously through this other person that's got everything that he wants. It was Tom Jones's neighbor. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, look it up. Who is Tom Jones's neighbor? I mean, I'm sure he lives in Beverly Hills. You can figure it out. (laughs) Uh, Tom Jones is English. So maybe he doesn't. Oh, maybe. He's I, I I learned today he's a sir. Sir Tom Jones. Oh, he's wow. a sir. He's a wow. sir. You know, they'll knight anybody nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> For riding bareback or not. Oi. Oi. You know, if you uh if you present a riding crop to the queen, I guess uh anything <laughs> can happen. And that's when we lose the rest of our followers. Okay. So, <laughs> you kidding me? We just got a few new ones. <laughs> our podcast just took a podcast just took a total turn. We got some uh, interesting people listening now. Oh, good. Really? Who have queen fetishes? I guess. <laughs> Which I don't blame them. She's hashtag hot. queen fetish. The so yeah, it's a. Uh, interesting yeah you brought up an interesting point there eric um you know while he opens up the curtains at the crack of dawn just see the lovely ladies who have come and gone yeah maybe, <laughs> it makes it sound maybe like he is a... no part of this no he's just watching them go by which is really creepy <laughs> except it does say from the house next door to his house <clears throat> not past his house so i've never i've never quite been sure of that i don't know a lot yeah. about this song <laughs> yeah i the song is too detailed to not be about somebody. It has too many intricacies and descriptions about the behavior of a person mm-hmm. for it not to be a real person. I just want to know how these 18-year-old boys got this much information about this celebrity that they decided to write about. Yeah, the internet wasn't even around. There was, Correct. <laughs> there was no Wikipedia for them to get all this from. They just had to know it. But we do know from their other works that, like, these guys are big pop culture guys. Oh, yeah. Like, that. that's kind of one of their things. They're, they're huge into pop culture. So they, they, they know all these crazy trivia facts about all sorts of people, I'm sure. Huh. Interesting. You- I, I'm curious. I'm curious. <laughs> Well, I, I should that. probably put on what uh, and say what Aaron's thoughts were on the lyrics. Yeah. So Aaron says, now when I hear the words bedside manner, I, of course, think of doctors. Wow, we were 
ahead of him on that one. Um, and I'm a Star Trek nerd, so I usually think specifically of the me- emergency medical hologram from Voyager, as played by Roberto Picardo. Um, Best doctor still, out of the Star Trek. <laughs> oh, I definitely would agree with you. Although, although I have to give uh, what's his, uh, the original doctor a, a good. Yeah, Bones is going to get a good nod on that one. Um, still, one of my performances in... I, I think that he, he missed a word. Um, I think he meant to say one of the best performances in all of Star Trek. And an analogy could be made here between the holographic doctor who thinks he has good bedside manner. He was programmed to, ha- to have great bedside manner, but clearly doesn't. And the narrator of the song who thinks he is the king of bedside manner in other words, he fancies himself a Don Juan, but is not, and perhaps never was. My favorite lyric is probably the transition from I wouldn't mind riding you bareback to settle on the dance floor as a pickup line and as subtle as a slap in the face with a nuclear warhead. Not sure what the significance of Domo Arigato Mr. Roboto is, other than perhaps that this is a song about a washed up or wannabe ladies' man who is, amongst other things, past his prime. So maybe he is summoning up the vision of this busy guy busting a move on the dance floor, subtly doing the robot, not knowing that this is now very much considered out of style. Although, if you just wait long enough, everything comes back around again. Sadly, I feel I am not feeling well, and I don't want this to color my thoughts on rating the song, so if I am just uh, very out of step with you guys, I may take another listen to it come New Year's, but I like it. It's probably just good enough to make it on my best of p- playlist. I'm going to give the King of Bedside Manor a very solid four out of five. That four sounds very much five. like not a fever rating. That that sounds like a fairly <laughs> solid rating, whether he's not feeling well or not. I agree. <clears throat> that is definitely a solid rating. So speaking of ratings, okay, what should we, we don't have Jeff, so I got to figure out what, are, I'm not used to coming up with a rating scale. Uh, How about uh, I think we have crops. to go with the riding. Haversacks <laughs> or riding crops. I think we have to go with the riding crops. Although I give Steven like points or Ed, whichever one that put Haversack in a, in a song, like yeah. major yeah. points. <laughs> yeah. But well, they had we to run bareback go- somehow. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost as though they have like a betting going on. They're like, okay, we're going to have to open up a dictionary, bring out a word, and you have to use it in a song. <laughs> well, it's you like know? they're a tour bus game. Yeah. Uh, do you like black or, or <laughs> I don't even remember how it goes anymore. The, the relating two bands by a similar word, but not using yes. the same word. <laughs> like, these guys do mental gymnastics for fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so that brings me, this is one of their earliest songs. It's one of their first six that they ever recorded. I am not thinking that this is one of the songs that they sang on that bus ride during back and forth from camp though. You don't, you don't think so? They no. didn't sing this for the kids. I don't think they sang this for the kids. <laughs> You never know. Yeah, no, the kids got a, quite an education that summer. <laughs> that's what camp's <laughs> for. Yeah. Maybe that's where they found out all the information on this guy that they that they were singing about. It could be. From Maybe it was kids? a camp counselor. Yeah, the kids. They know they know so much. 
That's funny. Oh, yes. So, How many writing props do we give this song? I'm going to hand it over to you, Stefan, first. Sure. Yeah, that'd be good. That way Eric can follow up on a good note. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I like the song. It, it's a mixed bag for me. You know, I like the song, but it's fast and chaotic. And I don't do well with chaotic. Um, but however, the regular beats on this, I, I don't have a problem with. I mean, does this like, ah, rattle my brain? Yeah, most definitely. But it's when they start putting in the bells and the whistles and the whoops, ah, it reminds me of like an Irish jig, but poorly done in a way. Uh, It's just like, what is going on? It's like, like a whole bunch of kids are just recording and they're like screaming out things just to be on the album. But uh, uh, so for me, I, I like it, but I don't like it. So for all the songs on Gordon, which Gordon is my fav- favorite album, um, and it's the only album I have, actually. Uh, so uh, it's, <laughs> it's my favorite album. Um, it's the least favorite song for me on the album. Even though I do like the drums, I like the bass, I li- the lyrics are great, and makes me makes me think about who is this King of Bedside Manor. Um, I think the lyrics are, are fantastic on it because it's, it's consistent all the way through, and it's a, a great chorus, and is, it really works. The harmonizing is awesome. Then they throw in weird songs like uh, Moon Dance and Domo Winnegato, Mr. Roboto. And it's like, hey, I like those songs. Those are pretty cool. So um, <laughs> so for me, I'm going to rank this a 3.5 riding crops. Also solid. All right, Eric, how about you? How many riding crops do you give this song? Uh, as mentioned, I've been listening to this song for <clears throat> uh, two thirds of my life. <laughs> and, and I don't, it's always been a fun song. I love it. I play it when it's when it's on. I don't tend to seek it out, but if it's on, I don't skip it ever because it's absolutely fantastic. It's in every playthrough. It's definitely on playlists. Um, I had to say that also the the sticks part. I love how it it always just sounded to me almost like a. I know better now than to think that it's a throwaway because they don't really do that. But when I was younger, I always just thought it was an entertaining thing that one time recording it, they just wanted to someone shouted out sticks and started playing another song and they decided to roll with it and enter it into the recording. I love that idea. I don't think that's actually what happened because they don't really do that. They tend to do everything with a purpose, but I've always loved that, that they basically they're playing this crazy frenetic song and then they just announce a bunch of them all in their top voices sticks. (laughs) And then they go play (laughs) sticks. I love it. Um, As for a rating, uh, I think I'm right there with Aaron. I'll give it a four. Solid song, right. but I just I just don't seek it out enough to push it higher than a four. And and I'm sitting here balancing it out, and I'm and I'm thinking too, like you made a really good point. I don't seek this song out as much as I love it. It's on my playlist. I will listen to it as immediately if it comes up, and I'll listen to it all the way through. I'll never skip it. Um, mm-hmm. Automatically puts it in the high threes automatically. I do like it a little bit more than that. I will say the the whoops, like the first couple times through, 
it was great. And then it got old again. And it just, depending on which week you catch me on, I either like them being there or I don't like them being there. Um, and, it, and it just varies depending on the week. But I love the manicness of this song. I love the fun they're having. And to me, it always makes me want to have fun. I love the fact that my kids have no idea what the words are to this song, but they're having fun when they're listening to it. Um, can which is can awesome. I add on to that, actually? Yeah. Uh, when you were saying, you know, sometimes those noises just don't do it for you sometimes. I think with me, I always enjoy those because much like you say, your kids, they don't understand the song, but they have fun with it. It awakens that childhood nostalgia for me because I was a child listening to it. And as a kid, that sounds like a fun kid song, just shouting random noises <laughs> in the middle. I, that's one of the draws to me. I, I've never not liked those. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it, it really speaks that they're having fun and they're just randomly like they are just in the moment on that song, you would think. Um, and they do vary that up depending on when they're playing this, which is great too. Um, I, I think I'm going to agree with you guys. I'm going to give it a four for this week. I may come back to it at the end of the year and, and change it slightly, but I think it's definitely right there at that four level. Mm -hmm. Which is still pretty solid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the appearances for this week, because there are already so many of them, I'm just going to put the appearances in for the different versions of this. That's enough to listen for for the week because there's already six of them that I'm going to be placing in there. Um, but I am also going to put in there something really cool that I found this week that I want people to go out and listen to. Um, and I don't want them waiting a year to hear this. Um, a, a really amazing guy actually put out there a recording that he did himself of what it would sound like if Blink-182 wrote one week. And I, I laughed through that whole thing. And I, one, he does an amazing job. Two, I, he understands Blink-182 perfectly because, yes, that is a perfect sound of what Blink-182 would do he with this song. It. I if you didn't have the video of him doing it, you would think it was Blink-182 playing it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's amazing. So I, I encourage everyone to go out and listen to it because it's a different version of One Week, which we've heard a million times. I There are some ways that I really actually like that version. And who's who's the artist that duplicates um, Blink? I, is I he an actual known name. guy or is he just some no, random just a random just YouTuber? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I, I'm sure he has his own following because I think, like Tracy says, he's an actual YouTuber. I think he does his own thing, so he's got yeah. a following. I'm sure. And he's huh. very talented. Well, cool. Uh, Tracy, where can followers email you? Where can our so listeners find us? <laughs> so Sorry. people can find us on any of the podcasting platforms, and they can reach us by reaching out to us on Facebook at Bare Naked ABCs. Or they can try to reach us on Twitter at Bare Naked ABCs. I don't keep up with that one quite as I was much. Say as ours. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not as good with that one. Jeff. Jeff is more the Twitter person than I am on this one. So, um, and you can also email us at barenakedabcs at gmail.com. and I do read those every day. So feel free to reach out to me on that. I will definitely get back to you pretty quickly. 
Is it safer for Twitter users to at Whitmire? I don't know. His oh, they can. Handle. His his handle is at Jeff Whitmire forty seven forty seven. I believe. Good luck spelling that. Yeah. <laughs> but if you go on at Bare Naked ABCs, he's one of the people that we follow. So you can just go from there. Oh, there you go. Cool. Also, I do want to put out there. I am proud to announce we do have a Patreon page. I do encourage people to go out and sign up for only $5 a month. And that's it. Five bucks a month. You can actually listen to two extra episodes every month where Stefan and Jeff are reviewing songs that they have not yet reviewed. Um, They're going back from the very beginning and and capturing all their thoughts on those. And we know how entertaining Jeff and Stefan are. On this show, imagine when there's no filler of Tracy or Aaron. Um, they, they are just let loose to go. Oh, uh, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> it's so, like yes, year please, one. <laughs> <laughs> please join us over at Bare Naked ABC's After Dark. Um, and it After is... Dark. Um, <laughs> and it is definitely an adult podcast. I will warn you ahead of time. Well, even though we're not adults, really, when we're saying stuff. (laughs) (laughs) The content is, I guess. All right, guys. And just like that, we're done with the Ks. Just like that. Yeah. Two songs, done. Ks, that's it. I I felt like I heard them all. (laughs) Uh, You did. (laughs) I think Uh, you were on both K episodes. (laughs) I was, in fact. I didn't know there was the only two. (laughs) <laughs> tell you what do you want to come back and start us off with the l's uh, is that an invitation yeah you, you want to come back next week and do l's sure why not okay, do well it. next we're next do week it, we're gonna discuss la right. la la lemon come on buddy come on you okay. can do it i'm in you, you, All right. you can pull through i like lemons <laughs> <laughs> you know what they say when the world gives you lemonade Give the world the lemons back. <laughs> I usually mix it with vodka. That works too. Good old limoncello. <laughs> <laughs> well, Thank thank you, you guys, and we'll come back next week. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen out there. Thanks. Good night. Thanks. That was fun. Don't forget. No regrets. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. 
That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 